0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 234 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on October 6th. How are you doing today, Raj? Better. That's all you're going to get. Not saying much. (laughs) Actually, it is. Well, for this week's comic, how much of it did you actually read? Because I know you've been uh, having a rough couple of days. Yeah, it's I really did not read a lot. I didn't finish the first issue. I
0: started reading it um, earlier in the week and then I popped my kneecap and really didn't feel like reading any more of it. the The other thing to note is the reason I'd put it off is I'd started reading it, and I'm not gonna lie to you, maybe it got better, but by the time I was at the halfway mark of the first issue, I was like, no, I'll finish this later. <laughs> I, I I can definitely see that. Yeah, I was not enjoying it in the least. So and then it just wound up that later didn't happen because again I was too much pain. But yeah, I was not digging it at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the comic in question is actually something I've been meaning to read for many years and just never quite gotten around to. This week seemed like a good week to check it out, and that is Astro City. Uh, specifically, we – well, we, I <laughs> read the first – six- the best intentions. Well, I, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. I know how things go sometimes. Yeah. The first six issues of volume three, which was published in 2013. uh, The comic itself started back in 1995. So it's got a long, long uh, history. Well, not that long. I think they said it was like 50 or 60 issues. It was published intermittently. Uh, It came, uh, volume three came from DC through their Vertigo line, written by Kurt Busiek, art by Brent Eric Anderson and Alex Sinclair. And yeah, this is a very weird series especially in the first issue now you know jumping in at you know this new issue 1 we're greeted by this guy the broken man and he's kind of our narrator guide through this world and as we find out by the end of the first issue he is the stereotypical unreliable narrator and yeah this first issue was really weird with uh, these giant doors popping up in the middle of Astro City and then spending a great deal of time breaking down the story of just this random old man, not old, old, but you know, he, he's got, he, he's as old as you are, Roger. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and, uh, it was, and the same thing with issue five, like the issues with the broken man in them, I did not enjoy at all. Like, especially issue five, because there's a lot of uh, self-contained stories or what goes on in this comic. So issue five starts off with, you know, the broken man and another story. And it starts off with this really cool story of like this pulp 40s adventure story with like Lovecraftian elements in, tied in. I was really getting into it. And he's like, no, 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 you're not allowed to know, know that story just yet. And then starts off another one with some, white guy who became a cult leader in South America. I was like, okay, that Nope, Nope. You're not allowed to read that one either. And he finishes off with like a steampunk story, which was, it was all right, but it wasn't as cool as the other two. (laughs) So the issues revolving around the broken man, at least this early on in the series, not a fan. So I can see why reading that first issue, you would have been pretty hesitant.
0: Oh, like I said, I, I didn't even make it through the halfway mark. I just, did not enjoy it in the least i I didn't like this, the manner in which it was being told I didn't like that trope either, mm-hmm. and, and once again, portals just appearing gates appearing out of nowhere, and it's like ugh, I mean that that can be done well or it can be a very lazy writing device and well, it felt lazy to me,
1: yeah. Now, where Astro City really shines and what has made it so successful over the last couple of decades now is at its core, it's more about the normal people that exist in this universe full of superheroes. And it's something that's been done before, like the Marvel's ser- miniseries that Marvel put out. But I can't think of any that really had an extended run like Astro City has. Like the second and third issues uh, revolved around this character, Morella. Who goes to work for a company called Humano Global? And turns out that she's actually working at the emergency call center for the Honor Guard, you know, their version of the Justice League or the Avengers. And it's really cool getting through these two issues of, you know, her dealing with basically being an emergency operator, but with uh, superheroes involved and goes into good detail about, you know, what's involved in, you know, making sure a threat is credible and they even get chewed out because they're trying so hard to, you know, really get a big score and, you know, get their big mission for the honor guard that they're kind of escalating cases that shouldn't be. So as anybody who's worked in a call center like myself and you have Roger, like there's a, there's a certain amount of like truth to that. Like it feels, it feels sincere. And uh, at the end of the first issue of her storyline, uh, there's a big fight that breaks out that it turns out it was a call she missed. You know, she actually had the, the the call for that and she let it go. She thought it wasn't that important and people died because of her inaction. So the second issue of her story actually involves her kind of going rogue and going to this small little town in Ecuador, I think it was, as just relief, you know, trying to make up for it. You know, she, she brings them supplies. She helps out in, you know, the nurse's tent. So I really enjoyed that that ground level look at not just the action involved in the superheroes, but the things before and especially after the action, it was pretty interesting. Hmm. I still don't think I'm going to read it. It's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, The fourth issue was fun as well. It was uh, this woman, Martha Sullivan. who We come to find out she has telekinetic powers and she tried to be a hero. Couldn't handle the stress. Ended up throwing up on a rooftop tried to be a villain, felt really guilty after she robbed a casino. <laughs> but she found a way to use her powers as a telekinetic to actually get a lot of work in the movie industry, cheap special effects, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Until uh her and a bunch of her friends are kidnapped by an up-and-coming supervillain who's trying to pad out his you know his his uh henchmen. He's like, oh, these people have superpowers. They've wasted them. I'm going to indoctrinate them to my cause. And it goes into the story of, as they call themselves, the sideliners. People with powers who've chosen not to be a hero or not to be a villain. And again, it's something we've seen before, but the way it's written here, it feels very true. It feels very unique of, you know, they have these powers. They're actually really good with their powers when they end up, you know, freeing themselves They just choose not to use them. They just want to live normal lives. So, again, it was something that I liked that spin on type of story we've seen before. Hmm. And then the final issue after that weird jumping around broken man issue goes back to the doors. But this time with a uh, – god, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's a union representative for the longshoremen. In other words, he works for the mob. (laughs) And he goes down and tries to extort, you know, the the being that lives on the other side of the door for exclusive trading rights. <laughs> it's it's funny and it plays out and he ends up stealing stuff and getting in over his head and it, it's setting up future storylines. But what I liked about this comic and I do want to read some more of it going forward and seeing where it is, I think issue 21 is the latest one. So uh, maybe next time we have a slow week in comics, I'll do some more catching up here. Is that it's nothing terribly unique structurally or conceptually, but the way it works, the way it's told is fresh and interesting to me because of the fact that they're all self-contained stories or mostly self-contained stories. We're not spending all of our time with the call center or, you know, we're not not spending all of our time following around Ben Urich because as much as I love a Ben Urich story, I wouldn't want to read a monthly Ben Urich comic. But different views of that same, you know, normal person, street level stuff is it's interesting to me. I I actually do want to read more of this going forward. Cool. As for what else we've been reading this week, I I got nothing. There wasn't a whole lot out last week. And what little bit I read didn't really interest me much. But you said you had a few for us. I do, actually. I didn't read a a ton of comics,
0: obviously, but the obvious one I want to talk about is Injustice. Did you Mm -hmm. read the last one? I did. Still got the stupidity of the Superman versus Darkseid battle, but luckily it's nowhere near as long. I, I still think it's a little too long. Not a little. I think it's too long, but it's not, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But we also got some some cool stuff as well. I love Batman chilling out with Highfather.
1: <laughs> of course <laughs> he did. It's not a pairing we've really seen. Well, you know,
0: I like that he has the balls to go up there and try to tell yeah. him what to do. <laughs> that's 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 kind of cool.
1: Not, not only that,
0: he does. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> and he's right.
0: The uh I love Harley dropping off Billy as well. That was amazing. such a simple little scene, but it again, it shows that that different side of her as well. That's that's just fantastic. And then the 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 women hanging out with Alfred trying to figure out what they're going to do next as well. There was a lot more going on in this as opposed to the last issue that was primarily just the fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I, I I like that we're getting from this multiple directions of where all the cast is going to be putting their forces and then going from there. Not crazy about this United Nations crap. <laughs> Let's just send our nukes at gods. That was a little stupid, but eh, we'll see where it goes.
1: Have you seen that how many times before?
0: Yeah, it's not going to go well. Now, the other stuff that I wanted to talk about, we'll start with a webcomic, actually. Did you read about the, or read, the Korean Star Wars webcomic? I've heard of it, but no. Okay. So this is, it's licensed, and it's uh, a Korean creator, Hong. I'm going to butcher this, but Jack Ga, near as I can figure. And he is doing this story of of Luke before when he was still young and then leading up to everything that happened with the movies. And it's supposed to take more of a, it's supposed to be from like Luke's perspective. And whereas the movies bounce a lot around a lot between everybody's perspective, this is Luke and what's going on in between the scenes as well. Kind of thing. And Right now there's four chapters that are, and this is free. It's all free online. People can, can go see it. Uh, it might be a little difficult to find because you're, you're likely to find the Korean versions, which because their images aren't translated properly and the English translations are catching up. I'll put the English uh, site link in the show notes. So if you want to know what it is, just go to it. So far there are four chapters that are up that are translated and they basically cover from when he's fairly young to when he drops off the droids with when he's got the R2 with Ben and Ben gives him the lightsaber. I believe that's where it ended off. No, sorry, it ended off when they're in the cantina talking to Han and and uh, and uh and Chewbacca to try to hire them to get them off the planet. So that's where it ended. So you're seeing like initially there's, I, w- I was fairly interested because there was, um, a lot of stuff that wasn't in the movies. And so it was kind of cool. I am mean, not talking, you know, groundbreaking stuff by any stretch of the imagination, but it was fun to read and it was cool. But once you got into, especially chapters three and four, and even chapter two to a certain degree, it was primarily, the movies Mm -hmm. and i mean we like those sure but this is like almost word for word it is word for word at points so it's not that behind the scenes look at from his point of view so much as just a rehashing of a story that we've already seen a number of times there's little bits that are uh, added to the story kind of thing but not nearly enough to make it worthwhile and it's too bad because it started off with that different slant to it where you got the the stories and and whatnot it was like okay this is going to be cool and it's like oh no it's just again a rehashing of of what's going on I'm still looking forward to reading more of it to see when and how it does stray not stray but you know straight from the beaten path of the movies and show us what he was going through at different points. So it'll be interesting. The storytelling is good. You can see from the translation that it's a little at times mechanical in the manner in which it's spoken. And that's to be expected when you're looking at a translation, the art is spectacular and it's done in such a way that you're not clicking to change pages. You're just scrolling and you scroll through the entirety of the story and it's pretty well paced out kind of thing so it's it's worth reading and it's it's interesting and i'm really looking forward to seeing what the next chapters are going to bring again to see it stray from from the the movies that's cool yeah it was interesting and lastly is actually a movie i um before i busted up my knee there i was doing some physio and when i'm doing my physio i'm setting up a a movie or a TV show to watch to keep my mind off the pain kind of thing. And then I just cycle very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started a, I can't remember if it was a Batman or a justice league <laughs> and Batman started talking and I stopped it and it was like, Nope. <laughs> and it wasn't Kevin Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Batman. <laughs> I can't remember it, to the movies discredited didn't start off very strong so well, maybe another time I'll give it a shot but yeah it wasn't Kevin Conroy you're not Batman so but I found Batman Assault on Arkham did you watch this
1: no uh
0: released in the summer of last year and basically this is if anybody has any doubts as to whether or not a suicide squad movie can work which I'm right up there with them This actually shows you that it can, that the dynamics can be strong enough that you don't need Batman throughout at all. Now, Batman shows up throughout part of this, but he is not one of the main characters by any stretch of the imagination. So this is very much a Suicide Squad story where Waller sends off. uh, There's Deadshot and Harlequin and um, King Shark and Captain Boomerang and Killer Frost sends them off same old drill that we know there's the implants in the neck that can cause their heads to go boom and sends them off to go and capture the riddler who's in arkham and you don't find out until later that as spoilers it's a year old get over it uh you don't find out until later that the reason why she wants riddler is that he's figured out how to deactivate those chips in their heads so and she wants him dead And meanwhile, Batman is kind of tearing apart the city to try to find a weapon of mass destruction that the Joker planted somewhere, but he's in Arkham as well. He's not telling. And so you got these two stories going on at the same time, although the Batman one, again, is very, I can't stress this enough, very minimal. It blends into the other story as the story progresses in a very good, organic way, and it makes sense, and it, it... again, this is not a Batman movie. It's a suicide squad movie. And you've got insane voice talent, the obvious Kevin Conroy for, for Batman, but you've got like Neil McDonough for dead There's uh, Troy Baker's in it as a Joker and does a phenomenal job as it. Uh, John DiMaggio's in it. Uh, Jennifer Hale does killer frost. So you got a, and Nolan North does a penguin who's in there for a little bit. There's a whole bunch of names that we obviously recognize. And, um, and it's really the the voice acting is spectacular, and you really get into it. The thing that you notice really early on, this is like right up DC's alley. This is they are this is not for kids. The the
1: how many arms are removed?
0: <laughs> oh geez, Waller demonstrates what happens if somebody <laughs> does not listen and somebody loses their head. So right away you're like okay, and there's the um sexual not just innuendos either but like holy crap some of the stuff that happens you're like okay this is not meant for kids and it really isn't but that's not a bad thing and yeah. it's not like it does anything that's for an adult to watch that's bad not in fact for adults it's still fairly tame but it's very much geared towards and with the language too like it's geared for a an adult audience. And the thing that I I like about that is that whether it's in the comics or in especially the TV shows, because often the TV shows to get as much of a, a broad audience as possible, they do gear towards kids. So you always have these things where you're like, this villain would just be straight up murdering these people. It wouldn't be rubber bullets. It'd be straight up murdering them because, but because it's for kids, you don't see that. Well, you do here. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more realistic for lack of a better term. And and I think because of that, it actually comes off a lot better. I like I, again, it's a Suicide Squad movie and I didn't think that I would be that big of a fan of it. I really actually enjoyed it and I would recommend it. Cool. So I'll
1: definitely put it on my uh, list to watch out for. It's on yeah.
0: Netflix, it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's where. It All comes right, to. I'll definitely watch it then. Yeah, and then I don't know if you heard, but there is another Justice League series that's going to be coming out. TV. I've, show. I
1: I heard, but I haven't uh, been able to pull up any information as far as like who's involved. They really, there's
0: not a ton of information out, but they're looking at probably fall of next year. So we got a long
1: time to wait. But because there's there's a long way between a Justice League cartoon and the yeah. Justice League yeah. cartoon. I, it, that's the thing,
0: and like the the last justice league cartoon the one set the bar so goddamn high that others are really it's going to be hard like i've watched some of the justice league movies as well that have come out and a lot of times they're lacking in a mm-hmm. big way but that's because that damn justice league series was so bloody good that
1: it's going to be hard to to match that
0: and that's all i've got for the week
1: All right, then. Well, this week's new releases, last couple weeks have been light. Not so much this week. From Marvel, hold on to your wallets. We have 1602, Witch Hunter Angela, number four. All new, all different, point one, number one. We're doing this again. Seriously? (laughs) Seriously? Amazing Spider-Man number one, Avengers number zero, Contest of Champions number one, Darth Vader number ten, Doctor Strange number one, Groot number five, Invincible Iron Man number one, Journey into Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire number two, Old Man Logan number five, Powers number five, Secret Wars number six, Siege number four, Spider Island number five, Star Wars number ten, and Star Wars Lando number five. You gotta be kidding me. Screw you, (laughs) Myron. DC is a solid lineup this week as well. We have Action Comics, number 45, Batman and Robin Eternal, number one, the start of their new weekly series, Batman Beyond, number five, Detective Comics and Green Lantern, both number 45, as well as Survivor's Club, number one, a cool-looking horror series coming out through the Vertigo line. From Image, we have Nailbiter, number 16, Paper Girls, number one, Plutona, number two, and Southern Bastards, number 11. Rounding out the list, from Archie, we have Jughead, number one. From Boom Studios, we have Rowan's Ruin, number one, another cool-looking horror series. From IDW, Sherlock Holmes, The 7% Solution, number three. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 50, the big climax there. And then finally, from Valiant, Bloodshot Reborn, number seven. Lots to read this week, guys.
0: (laughs) There's a new, just to quickly add before we we go there's mm-hmm. a new ios app that just came out with a subscription service as well i don't know if you read on that
1: and if it's at ios i probably didn't, didn't even
0: do. bother yeah but uh, yeah it's a, a new ios app that's going to be a subscription service kind of like the uh, marvel or, or whatnot and i don't know how much it is i haven't checked it out i this was literally just i saw it today but it's saying like the the best publishers out and sadly it doesn't have all of the best publishers, but they're, <laughs> they're saying like Valiant and Dynamite and a whole bunch of that I don't even recognize. But for anybody who wants, they're, they're saying that there's a couple of thousand comics there to read. And uh, depending on how much that subscription service is, it might be worth their, their time, especially I know that you love a lot of the Valiant
1: comics. Yeah. And there's still a bunch of the old school stuff I, I want to read. Yeah. All right. And then also to be aware of this weekend is New York Comic Con. So there's sure to be a bunch of uh, big announcements coming out of that one. Aside from all that, though, that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comic book on, comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at cbinformer. Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening.
0: Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.